Welcome to the awesome Podmix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, "When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema." Today, I'll be talking about the third episode of Marvel Studios, She-Hulk. Attorney at law whether Marvel creates movies or TV shows they are all cinematic this episode's title is the people versus amel blonsky written by francesca gales and jacqueline j gales and directed by cat coiro it's the fourth series to have a kevin feige production credit after hawkeye moon knight and ms marvel The episode opens with an exterior shot of the DODC Supermax prison. Jen enters the prison facility to confront Blonsky. She passes by A113. It's a Pixar Easter egg. Animators working at Pixar once studied in this classroom at the California Institute of Arts. They put this Easter egg in all of Pixar films. Jen asks Blonsky why he lied about turning into the abomination and the prison escape. Blonsky does have a way with words as his response is I choose not to turn into the abomination. Blonsky reveals the reason behind his undetected escape from the prison is the dialogue cuts to Nikki saying Wong just Wong. The dialogue cuts are my favorite style of writing. In my 15 years of career I've always designed and written scenes with dialogue cuts especially when I'm writing an episode. It's either an interesting visual or an interesting event, an interesting transition or a dialogue cut. I just can't help myself. Nikki reads Wong's internet profile and it goes something like this: Wong, Sorcerer Supreme, New York City, New York, United States, 110 connections, one mutual connection, Bruce Banner, employment history, Sorcerer Supreme. New York, United States, full-time, present, librarian, Kamartaj, Nepal, full-time, 11 years, target sales associate, Kamartaj, Nepal, full-time, 9 years. So Wong has worked for 20 years before he became Sorcerer Supreme. Damn, it's only been 15 years for me, but it still feels like a lifetime. Nikki claims she can't find Wong. She sent a thirst trap. It was a picture of her with a bunch of books, which we get to see during end credit illustrations. In what world is that a thirst trap? Answer: In a geek world like ours. Jen breaks the fourth wall, leaves the staring wheel, and leans toward the camera to talk to the audience. She talks about Wong as if she knows him, but in the previous dialogue, she said she didn't know him. Jen says. I know you can't wait to see Wong. I get it. I just want to make sure you don't think it's one of those cameo every week type of shows. No, it's not, except for Bruce and Blonsky and Wong. At this point, I feel like she's narrating her story to someone, and by someone, I don't mean us the audience, but some other important character. Jen says, "Just remember whose show it actually is." News Los Angeles now reports that attorney Jen Walters aka She-Hulk represents abomination. Blonsky's photograph on the news is taken from the movie The Incredible Hulk. 
The ticker headline reads, Super Pard Influencer Titania Speaks Out About Latest Legal Troubles, Confident Her Legal Team Will Make It Go Away. The Tattle News Daily reports that many are questioning She-Hulk's qualification. Jen did say people would do that. On the page sidebar, there are videos titled Despierta Daily She-Hulk, She-Hulk Not Real Theory, Superhero Hoax, The Truth About So-Called She-Hulk. We see a montage of people questioning She-Hulk and her credibility. This is mostly Marvel's way of poking fun at the naysayers. And I applaud them for their commendable effort. Social media guy one says, They took the Hulk's manhood away, but then they gave it to a woman. Why don't you address your concerns directly to Bruce Banner or the Hulk? How insecure are you? But thank you for your concern. At Dom, the bounty hunter writes, So we gotta have affirmative action with the superheroes. At Hard, Seltzer Steve writes, No more female superheroes, please, with folded hands emoji. Really? What's the count? How many women superheroes are there that you are like, I've had enough, I don't want more. At Darby Don't Care writes, Why are you turning every superhero into a girl? No one asked for that. Well, maybe you didn't ask for it. If you don't care, why are you even writing? At Not Here To Make Friends writes, Why everything gotta be female now? Because as per Ms. Marvel, the future is her and the future is here. And BT dubs, nobody's interested in being your friend either. At Neil Isn't Sorry 32 writes, Someone find a reason to cancel She-Hulk. Why do you want a reason? Just don't watch her news. Neil, you're not sorry now, but you'll be sorry later. At Mom's Favorite writes, So we have a Me Too movement and all the male heroes are gone? Dude, I don't think you're your mom's favorite. Do you even know what the Me Too movement was about? It doesn't seem like you do, so educate yourself. Another guy with a social media handle, Support OG Hulk says, I have no problem with female heroes. Just saying, make your own. It sounds like you do have a problem with female heroes. Another social media guy says, I don't know about you guys, but I'd smash. I think she'd smash you like a bug. On the conversation with Jefferson Coop, Gideon Wilson, former prosecutor, says, It's appalling that anyone would work toward freeing a monster like the Abomination. Nikki is right about Jen needing to be in control of her own narrative. Jen is summoned to Holloway's cabin, where Dennis Bukowski has a case for them. Mallory Book, also a member of the Superhuman Law Division, joins in. Dennis says, No, I can't talk to a 10 about embarrassing man stuff. She could be my next fiancé. Whoa, buddy, pump the brakes. Mallory says no to Dennis and excuses herself. Dennis chooses Pug as his counsel. Dennis was defrauded by a light elf Runa from New Asgard. In Dennis's defense, he thought he was dating Megan the Stallion, multiple Grammy Award winner Megastar. Wong enters through a portal. Jen needs to speak to Wong, so she excuses herself. She wishes Puck good luck and laughs at Dennis. Wong admits that everything Blonsky said was factual. He needed a worthy opponent as a part of his training to become Sorcerer Supreme. Oh, come on, Wong, we know you're lying. The question is why? Wong adds, and as Sorcerer Supreme, I insist that Blonsky not be punished for my actions.
Wong thinks Jen is suggesting to erase everyone's memory, but Wong won't do it again. This is clearly a reference to the spell in Spider-Man No Way Home. Jen clarifies that that's not what she was thinking and it's highly unethical. Wong says it's also very messy. Wong says he could send Blonsky to the mirror dimension or the shadow dimension. We've seen mirror dimension in Doctor Strange, but I don't know if shadow dimension and shadow realm are the same thing. Jen wants Wong to appear at the hearing and testify. Wong says, very well, we'll reserve sorcery for strategy B and taps his nose which is a sign that means we share a secret. Why do I have a feeling that Jen Walters will be fighting for Spider-Man in the future and help him get his identity back? Pug accepts Dennis's case and researches. On the portal you screen, Dennis watches a video titled Megan the Stallion Imposter Fight at Celebre. The description reads, It was the craziest thing at Celebre last night. The QR code takes you to the 1980s second issue of The Savage She-Hulk. On the sidebar, there are related videos for Stallion, Fight, and Imposter. The titles of those videos are as follows. Pony Imposter thinks it's a Stallion. Iron Man 3's Honest Review. The Air Jordans, not the movie. Malgrado Te In Spite of You. It's an indie shot by visual effects production assistant Kevin Rodingen. The last video's title is Bear Fight. The video shows light elf Runa shapeshifting and admitting to her crime. Dennis re-enters Pug's conference room and withdraws the case. Pug realizes it's light elf Runa. Light elf Runa shapeshifts into Pug and says, I love harassing women in the workplace. It's my kick, baby. Pug steps out of the conference room and says, Not cool. Light elf Runa says, Let that be a warning. I genuinely feel bad for Pug here. Outside the DODC Supermax prison, KNBS6 reports on the parole hearing. Another reporter asks if She-Hulk was rejected by the Avengers. I'm sorry, they would be lucky to have her on their team. KNBS News 6 reporter without any research or investigation just repeats the other reporter's line. She-Hulk is rumored to have been rejected by the Avengers. This is what news has come to all over the world. No research, no facts. We meet Blonsky's seven soulmates dressed in white and sporting floral headgear. Jen says, I don't understand how a guy with zero commute time is late. Neither do I, Jen. Neither do I. Jen makes Blonsky give his statement on rehabilitation and redemption. Blair, Ruth, Marta, Sheila, Alejandra, Yvonne and Nicolette are Blonsky's soulmates. Blonsky has helped various people in the prison with his prison literacy program and guided meditation and yoga. Once all their statements are over, Jen confirms that the witness will explain the circumstances, if he ever decides to show up. Wong appears to testify through a portal. At Dennis's case hearing, Light Elf Runa's lawyer says she's a diplomat and hence has diplomatic immunity. The judge refutes it, saying this is not Asgard. Light Elf Runa says, Asgard is not a place, it's a people. This is a reference to Thor Ragnarok when Odin says this to Thor and Heimdall repeats it later. No one believes that Dennis is that stupid and it's difficult for Mr. Pugliese to prove it to the court. Light Elf Runa impersonates the judge to dismiss the charges against her but gets caught. At the DODC Supermax prison, Wong takes full responsibility for Blonsky's prison escape. 
Wong is sincere in his speech but feels like it's not the whole truth. He is not doing this willingly. Something is amiss. What are you hiding, Wong? The parole board is reluctant because what if Blonsky turns into a raging monster out for blood? Blonsky demonstrates that he can transform at will and not lose control. Those white crocs are too white. I don't trust Blonsky. The parole board needs time to arrive at a decision. They hint that Wong's statement puts Wong in the wrong. He would need to justify his actions. Wong instantly leaves the DODC Supermax prison through a portal. The reporters outside DODC Supermax prison ask Jen ridiculous questions like, how does she plan to put Blonsky down if he rampages again? If she's rumored to be Blonsky's soulmate? If she got her pass due to a mafia hit gone wrong? The last one is a nod to the comics. At the legalese bar, Jen reveals to Nikki that a protester wrote on her car, Monster defending a monster. When Nikki says, What are you talking, girl? The lips clearly don't match. It's been ADR'd from another scene. People think Jen is pregnant with Abomination's baby and that she has a baby bump. God damn. If a woman defends anyone, she's having an affair with that person. When Pug joins them, Jen says, connecting the A and the B story. Nice. I love it. Pug wants to know how Jen and Nikki worked with Dennis. They reveal that Nikki killed him in her mind several times in many different ways, yet he thought she had a crush on him. Dennis is terminally deluded and gross. Pug inquires if they would be willing to say all of this under oath. Jen appears in court and gives her statement about Dennis. She says he's self-absorbed, chauvinistic and conceited. He describes himself as New York 10 and LA 11. He nicknamed his office Dennis Fear. Pug says any man of reasonable intelligence would never think he was dating Megan the Stallion. Jen replies, Dennis Bukowski is an almost pathologically entitled man. He would absolutely believe he's dating Megan the Stallion because he's that delusional. Pugliese and Dennis win the case. Dennis is upset that Runa is just gonna get a slap on the wrist. He wants her powers to be removed so that she doesn't victimize anyone else. This gives Jen an idea for Blonsky's case. The parole board agrees to free Blonsky. They prohibit him to turn into an abomination indefinitely and on the condition to wear an inhibitor for all perpetuity. Any violation would result in an immediate return to prison. We all know that's not going to happen. Jen appears on Citizen News tonight to clarify that she is Jennifer Walters and her client's name is Amel Blonsky, not Abomination. She reveals that she didn't give herself the name She-Hulk. The anchor says after the break, She-Hulk will share her exercise and diet secrets. Jen says, I'm sorry, what? I would have added a line. I did not agree to that. Jen drives her car home. Before Jen can get inside her home, the wrecking crew attacks her. She screams for help and then realizes she's She-Hulk. She can take on them. The wrecking crew's boss assigned them to get She-Hulk's blood, but they failed. Who is their boss? These people were a bunch of dum-dums. So is their leader also a dum-dum? One of the person's name in this wrecking crew is Thunderball. I'm guessing the other names are Bulldozer, Piledriver and Wrecker checks out her reflection in the car window. Maybe Jen is coming to terms with the fact that she is a She-Hulk. Post-credit scene. Jen signs Megan the Stallion as her client and twerks alongside her. Holloway is surprised to see them dancing together. Jen says, I will kill for you, Megan the Stallion. 
Megan the Stallion says, dial it back. You don't have to dial it back. You can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, I'll soon be launching the awesome pod mix page on Patreon, and you can support me there. Thanks for listening.